unless the Spirit of God quickens the lifeless faculties of the soul, we will not appreciate heavenly things. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. Father in heaven, we just pause and we ask you to come by your spirit to be present with us as we study the basic fundamentals in scripture about the spirit and as we learn the activity of the spirit in our own lives and how to be sensitive to the working of the spirit we pray you do something special tonight may this be more than a common ordinary meeting more than a meeting that we simply come to listen but may it be a meeting that changes our very lives we pray thee in Christ's name Amen he was just in his early 20s a refugee in London, Muslim background. And as he was walking down the street of London, thinking about his life, he felt a strong impression. Go back to the country that you came from. I have a mission for you there. This young Muslim in his 20s began to say, God, I've come to London. I have a new career. I'm in a new country. You wouldn't want me to go back where I came from, would you? He felt a deep impression. I have a plan for your life. That plan is greater than you would possibly realize now. Go back to the country that you came from. That country, for purposes, will remain unnamed. Over the next week, he could not shake that conviction. Have you ever felt that God wanted you to do something, that the Spirit was working in your life, that you just could not possibly shake that conviction? I'll call his name Mohammed. He couldn't shake the conviction. He went back to the country of his childhood. When he arrived at the airport, he didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know why he was going back. He just felt this strong conviction, you have to go back. One day, a couple days after he arrived, he said, I better look for a job. I'm back here now. He was walking down the street of the capital city. And on that street, there was a book stand. And in that book stand, he saw a book. It was called The Great Controversy. Have you ever heard of that book before? And he said, controversy between good and evil, that's kind of what's going on in my heart right now. Picked it up and read it. He went back and bought every book that he could find of Seventh-day Adventists. It was difficult, but he bought them, began to read them, read Desire of Ages, and fell in love with Jesus Christ. His heart was broken when he read the chapter on the cross. He had never read anything like that in his sacred book, the Koran, before. He continued to study. Today, he is a baptized Seventh-day Adventist, giving books out to his friends. But it began with the moving of the spirit on his heart in London. I had a radio interview a little earlier tonight, and somebody said to me, do you believe the Holy Spirit is working in London? And I said, 
God's spirit is being poured out around the world. If we only could see with eyes divinely enlightened, we would sense the moving of the spirit in ways that we could not imagine. But who is the Holy Spirit? What relationship does the Holy Spirit have to revival? I had just given a series of lectures on the Holy Spirit, and after the first lecture, a man came up to me and he said, can we talk? I said, sure. He said, I have a question. I said, I'm happy to answer your question if I have an answer. He said, well, it's about the Holy Spirit. I said, that's fine. And, you know, he went round and round and round the bush. I wondered if he would ever get to the question. He was like preaching me a sermon. And so I said, sir, did you have a question? He said, yes, I guess I kind of do. He said, here's my question. Is the Holy Spirit a force, a power that comes from God, or is the Holy Spirit an actual person? Is the Holy Spirit a power flowing from God as some sort of impersonal influence, or is the Holy Spirit a divine person? Now, is this question an important question? If you don't get the answer to this question right, you will never fully understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Let's talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. You remember when God says, My spirit will not always what? Strive. Then you remember in Ephesians 4, verse 30, that Paul says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. You remember in Romans chapter 8, the Bible says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. The Bible says the Holy Spirit pleads for us. May I ask you a question? If you were a person that had no knowledge of the Bible at all, and you read that the Holy Spirit strives with people, the Holy Spirit pleads for people, the Holy Spirit comforts people, the Holy Spirit can be grieved, can you grieve an impersonal influence or a force? Is that possible? Can an impersonal force plead for you? Can an impersonal force intercede for you? How would you like an impersonal force, a robot, a computer being, to comfort you? Can that happen? So all of the attributes of the Holy Spirit in the Bible are attributes of personhood. There's another issue here. If the Holy Spirit is a mere influence or power, we'll try to grasp and use that power. See, if I see the Holy Spirit simply as a power that comes from God, what am I going to want to do? I'm going to want to use or grasp that power. But if I see the Holy Spirit as the third person of the Godhead, if I see the Spirit that way, I will say, Lord, I want to be possessed by your spirit, possessed by the third person of the Godhead. Not simply, I don't simply merely want to use a power. So who is the Holy Spirit? Let's go directly to the Bible. Because once we get this right, then we can understand the working of the Holy Spirit. You know, Dr. Bill Bright, founder and former president of the Campus Crusade for Christ, I knew Dr. Bright, great man of God, great man of faith. You know, Dr. Bright would fast for 30 days each year, usually in the summer. He would simply drink, eat a little fruit, but basically fast and pray that his life would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He founded the Campus Crusade for Christ. Once Dr. Bright said this, nearly 95% of the respondents, that was a survey that the Campus Crusade gave, 
have indicated that they have little knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is or why he exists. If the church has little knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is, that leads to Laodicean complacency. It leads really to a very formal, ritualistic form of religious faith. A.W. Tozer, great writer of the past, said this, the idea of the Spirit held by the average church member is so vague as to be nearly non-existent. So who is the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit work in your life? What difference can the Holy Spirit make powerfully in your own personal life? Understanding who the Holy Spirit is and receiving him into our lives is the key to a fulfilled Christian life. If you don't really grasp who the Holy Spirit is, if you don't understand how the Holy Spirit can function in the life, if you don't understand the work of the Holy Spirit, then your prayer life will be dull, your Bible study life will be monotonous, and your desire to witness will be very low. But if the Holy Spirit is filling your life, if the Holy Spirit is filling your heart, prayer will take on a new dynamic. Bible study will be much more exciting, and witnessing will be the natural outgrowth of being filled with the Holy Spirit. One writer said, I'm personally convinced that if today's Christians better understood the Bible's basic teaching about the Holy Spirit and then invited him to release his power in their lives each day, they would experience unprecedented joy and personal fulfillment. More than that, our verbal and nonverbal witness for Jesus Christ would sweep the world. Could it be that one of the reasons why the church does not impact the world in more powerful ways is not because the world is not interested. It's because witness is often in human strength by human power. Could it be that God, through his Holy Spirit, wants to shake this world again like he did in the very first century? Would you like to experience unprecedented intimacy with God? Would you like your prayer life to be fresh and new and revitalized? Would you like, when you get on your knees to seek God, to sense his presence there with you and sense the warmth of his embrace? Would you like, in your own personal life, for your Bible study life to be more exciting? Would you like to receive Christ's supernatural power to live a victorious life? Have you been struggling with something all your life, in your spiritual life? Maybe it's a critical tongue. Maybe it's lustful thoughts that you cannot control. Maybe it's anger or bitterness towards somebody else. Maybe it's an inordinate appetite and diet. What is it in your life that you really struggled with that again and again you've tried to overcome but you feel you really can't? Would you like to receive Christ's supernatural power to live a victorious Christian life so that you'd sense this newness? Would you like, really, to be a powerful witness for Jesus in the world? And you've wanted to be a witness, but you've wondered how. The Holy Spirit is the answer to spiritual intimacy. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor-supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. 
Each of our messages is prayed over. Biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com, or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. The Holy Spirit is the answer to victory in our spiritual lives. It's not simply we grit our teeth and clench our fists and hope to be victorious. But there's a supernatural divine power from God. And witness is not something we do on our own. It's something God does through us by his spirit. We must have the holy unction from God, the baptism of his spirit, for this is the only efficient agent in the proclamation of sacred truth. It is the Spirit of God that quickens the lifeless faculties of the soul to appreciate heavenly things and attracts the affections toward God and his truth. The truth of the matter is this. Naturally, we don't appreciate divine things. Why is it that sports and a football game are more attractive than the Bible at times? Why is it that the latest news may capture our attention and the Bible doesn't. It is precisely because unless the Spirit of God quickens the lifeless faculties of the soul, we will not appreciate heavenly things. Every time you feel yourself drawn out to pray, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Every time you feel yourself drawn out to study the Bible more, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. Every time you feel the need of sharing your faith with somebody else, that's the Holy Spirit working in your life. So it's the Holy Spirit that creates within our heart the desire to know God better. And when we yield to the working of the Holy Spirit to know God better, then that Spirit more powerfully works in our life. Now, one of the problems with understanding the Holy Spirit is this. We often equate divine personality with visibility. So we say, if I cannot see the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit must not be a divine person. Because in the generation that we live in, seeing is believing. And because I can't see the Holy Spirit, does that mean the Holy Spirit is simply some power that comes from God, some vague impersonal force, because I can't see them? Now, if you can't touch it, if it's not material, if you can't quantify it, the idea is that it does not exist. But that's a human way to try to explain divine things. That's superimposing humanistic thinking on the very word of God. Thinking of the Holy Spirit as a force rather than a divine being is a human attempt to explain divine reality. Do we understand everything about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? No, we don't. But merely because you don't understand everything about something doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. You don't have to understand everything about something to appreciate the something you may not know everything about. Did you get that? You don't have to understand everything about something to appreciate the something we don't know everything about. Let me ask you, how many of you ate jacket potatoes today? Come on now, you can tell me. How many ate a jacket potato today? How many ever ate a jacket potato in their life? I thought I was in England, Pastor. Jacket potatoes, that's part of English culture. All right, now here's my question to you. 
How many of you have a PhD in potatoology? You got a PhD in potatoology? Okay, here's a guy at London University. He spent his whole life studying potatoes. He knows every vitamin in the skin of that potato. He knows about the potassium in potatoes. He knows about the calcium in potatoes. He knows about the carbohydrates in potatoes. In fact, when he got his PhD degree, he wrote 398-page theses on potatoology. He is the foremost leader in the world on potatoology. Now, here's some poor British guy working in a field hoeing potatoes that never learned to read, okay? The guy with the PhD in potatoology sits down to eat a jacket potato. And the guy hoeing potatoes who can't even read sits down to eat a jacket potato. Here's my question. Who gets the most vitamins and minerals? <laughs> they both get the same. But this guy who can't read doesn't even have PhD in it. We don't have to understand everything about something to appreciate the something we may not know everything about. You don't have to get a PhD in potatoology to be able to get vitamins and minerals out of potatoes, right? I may not understand everything about the Holy Spirit, neither do you. But that doesn't mean that we can't simply by faith accept what Scripture says and receive into our lives the divine power of the Spirit that transforms our lives. Somebody said this, to try to understand the Trinity is to lose one's mind and to deny the Trinity is to lose one's soul. The Holy Spirit is a divine person based on Scripture. Let's look at it. The Holy Spirit is just as real. And once that concept hits you, it changes your life. The Holy Spirit is just as real, just as much a divine person, just as much a member of the Godhead as the Father and the Son. Let's look at three extremely plain New Testament passages describing the divine trio in the Godhead. First passage, Matthew 28, verse 19. Let's read it together. You ready to read? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now notice the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say the name of the Father and the Son and then put the Holy Spirit as some influence proceeding from them. No, it equates Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So just as much as the Father is a divine personage, just as much as the Son is a divine personage, so the Holy Spirit is a divine personage. Now notice the next text, Ephesians 2 verse 18. Through him Christ we have access by one Spirit to the Father. Again, the same three persons in the Godhead. One Bible text. Christ provides access through the Spirit to the Father. Testimonies of Ministers 392. Evil had been accumulating for centuries and could only be retained by the mighty power of the Holy Spirit. The third what, everybody? Third what? Person of the Godhead who would come with no modified energy but in the fullness of divine power. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead that wants to enter your life and mine with what the fullness of divine power. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something in my life that is unimaginable to transform it, to change it. Throughout Scripture, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit cooperate to accomplish heaven's purposes in the plan of redemption. Now let's think about it. Let your mind go back to creation. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 1, 
and God created the heaven and the earth. But then scripture says in Ephesians 3 verse 9, God created all things by Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 3 and onward, in the spirit moved upon the face of the waters. Who created the world? Was it God? Was it Jesus? Was it the Holy Spirit? The three persons of the Godhead, the Father planned, Jesus carried out the plans through the great power of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. Think about the baptism of Jesus. You have Jesus, but then the Father says, this is my beloved Son in what? In whom I'm well pleased, but then you have the Holy Spirit coming in as a dove. Think about the death and resurrection of Christ. Jesus said, you destroyed this body in three days, I'll raise it up again. But then the Bible says in Romans that God raised him from the dead. And then the Bible says the Spirit brought him from the dead. Who did it? You see, when you look at Scripture, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together as the divine Godhead and the three persons of the Godhead in the plan of salvation. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. Let's read it together. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Notice the Apostle Paul talks about God's love, Christ's grace, the Holy Spirit's communion. In the plan of salvation, God reveals his immense love to you and to me. That love is revealed in Christ's grace, and the Holy Spirit draws us to understand God's love and draws us into Christ's grace. It's through the Holy Spirit that we enter into intimate dominion and communion with the divine. Understanding the Holy Spirit. When Jesus left this earth, he promised to send the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit's working tonight here. He's drawing us closer to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's working in your life on a day-by-day basis. Those convictions you feel deep within your soul come from the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus' teaching on the Holy Spirit is life-transforming. And when you look at the Gospel of John, John 14, 15, and 16 are the primary chapters in the Gospel of John on the Holy Spirit. And let's look at those chapters. Jesus, in John 14, verse 16, said, I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Jesus is about ready to leave, and he says, because it, the world, neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus said to his disciples as he was leaving, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to be more beneficial to your life than my personal presence, not simply because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at all time. But what Jesus was actually saying is, I am going to draw you through my Holy Spirit to a more intimate relationship with myself, to a closer relationship with myself than if I were here personally as your teacher and as your instructor. The first and second person of the Godhead, the Father and the Son, take up residence in our hearts through the third member of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. You see, Christianity is not simply a cognitive approach to life that is logical, although Christianity is eminently logical. But there's a supernatural element in Christianity where Christ wants to dwell in your heart by his Holy Spirit. Can we fully understand that? No. 
but we can appreciate it and open our hearts to this divine influence where we become the temple of the living God. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.